On a mild, sunny Friday near the end of October, a group of six-year-olds files into a cafeteria in Alexandria, Virginia. A few split off to find seats among the dozen or so empty tables, hauling with them lunchboxes sporting the likes of Chase from Paw Patrol or Elsa from Frozen. The rest of the kindergarten class marches through the line that will lead them into a bright kitchen where they'll collect that day's hot food item, pizza. It's a Friday after all. But their first stop in the lunch line, in fact the very first thing they see when they arrive at the cafeteria, is a salad bar filled with fresh foods like salad greens, tomatoes, and hard-boiled eggs. This is Mount Eagle Elementary, one of more than 130 elementary schools in the Fairfax County public school system. Most of the students at Mount Eagle live in poverty. Nearly 75% of them qualify for reduced price or free school lunches. And for many of them, the salad bar is their only source for fresh food in the week. We have children that are coming to school hungry. Um, we have kids that um, their their parents um, might not have access to um you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, they might not um, have lots of time to prepare really good meals. Um, so they're relying on prepackaged things. Um, they're relying on what can I get across the street at a convenience store. That's Jean Consola, Mount Eagle's principal. She's a gregarious leader who mills about the cafeteria, interacting with the students with equal parts authority and tenderness. The salad bar was installed a few years ago under Consola's watch. You know, with our salad bar, kids have to go into that to get into the kitchen. Like we are highly intentional about that, and because we know that when kids fill up their trays with beautiful fruits and vegetables um, that are right there, they're more likely to just build that habit. It's like, oh, so I my plate looks kind of empty or weird or something because it doesn't have all this these beautiful fruits and vegetables that I always start every meal with. The salad bars are no doubt an incredible resource for the students at Mount Eagle. But the students here, who range from kindergarten through sixth grade, have another advantage in the battle to be healthy. They get lessons on nutrition and healthy eating, plus they get to do hands-on learning through cooking activities, taste testing new vegetables, and even planting vegetables in a garden outside the school. There are even plans in place to engage the students' parents about nutritious eating. These educational resources are all thanks to a member of Food Corps who is stationed at Mount Eagle. Part of the AmeriCorps Service Network, Food Corps is a national nonprofit whose mission is to connect kids to healthy food in school and to create a future where all kids know what healthy food is, where it comes from, and eat it every day. Kurt Ellis is Food Corps' co-founder. In 2007, Ellis produced and starred in a documentary, King Corn, which explored the effects of corn production in the U.S. While he traveled around promoting his film, Ellis says he was inspired to see how many young people wanted to commit their careers to building a more sustainable food system. And after President Obama signed the Serve America Act in 2009, an act that expanded the AmeriCorps program and encouraged more volunteerism, service, and community engagement, particularly in low-income communities, Ellis says he saw a way to put those young people to work. Food Corps launched in 2010, aiming to address a childhood health crisis in America. Our current food system uh, has resulted in a situation where one in six kids are growing up in a food insecure household where they don't regularly have enough healthy food on the table at home. And one in three kids is already showing the early signs of diet related disease. Uh, And it's also a food system that discriminates where one in two of our kids of color are on track to develop type 2 diabetes during their lifetimes. And if we let those health trajectories play out, um, diet-related disease is going to hold this generation of young people back uh, in that they'll attain less education, they'll be out sick more at work, they'll progress less in their careers, uh, they'll be forced out of the workforce younger, and ultimately 
die with fewer of their dreams fulfilled. And that's just not an acceptable reality in today's America. With help from members who commit to a year of service, Food Corps helps schools in three significant ways. First, it provides hands-on lessons, like with the gardening and cooking. Second, it teams with cafeteria staff and steering students toward healthier food choices. Finally, it promotes a school-wide culture of health, rallying the school community to celebrate health wherever possible. In the 2019-2020 school year, Food Corps is supporting 250 service members in 375 schools across 18 states and Washington, D.C. Still just a drop in the bucket compared with a big picture. You know, our nation's school meal program is, is essentially our largest restaurant chain. There's 100,000 school cafeterias in the country and 30 million kids a day who are eating school food. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big operation, and it's, it's governed and guided by some really intense restrictions, the ways in which federal policy plays out from a, a really well-intentioned public health standpoint is also really um, burdensome for s- school food leaders to navigate. And uh, the way that the kind of financial picture of school food works is a typical school meal program is working with about a dollar to buy the ingredients for school lunch each day for a kid. And that's um, that's just not enough budget to, to um, have school lunch look like Uh, sweet green salad looks right now. Ellis isn't picking sweet green at random. The Red Hot Fast Casual recently became one of Food Corps' most significant corporate partners when it pledged $1 million over two years to support the organization's mission. Sweet green has been committed to school education since its early days as a startup fast casual in D.C., in 2009, the company developed a program called Sweet Green in Schools, through which it used its own staff to teach a healthy eating curriculum to local elementary schools. It reports having reached about 9,000 students through the program. But co-founder Nathaniel Rue says Sweet Green in Schools was hard to scale up, especially as the brand expanded to the Northeast and the West Coast. So in 2018, the company started having conversations with Food Corps around how it could support the nonprofit's mission using Sweet Green's resources and expertise. In particular, Sweetgreen is supporting Food Corps' Reimagining School Cafeterias platform in 15 schools around the country. Rue says the platform covers three specific strategies related to the cafeteria experience. The three are um, revolve around kind of how you could how do you make healthy and nutritious food a little bit more interactive for the everyday student. Um, so uh, we're really focused on um, one pillar called the Flavor Bar, which is a self serve bar in cafeterias where Students can customize their meal with different spices and sausage and almost make their own creation, similar to how you would do at Sweetgreen. There's another one called the Tasty Challenge, which is almost like a a taste test model uh, that includes preparing food two different ways. Um, For example, we, we could do roasted carrots and raw carrots and encouraging students to really try all of them and Uh, using an iPad or using kind of a tech-enabled way to kind of choose and vote on their favorites. Um, So it's almost this kind of crowdsourced voting option within within these cafeterias. Um, And then the last one is is how we can kind of encourage more uh, choice and voice from the students um, in terms of how they want their cafeterias designed. So whether it's cool murals in 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 the cafeteria or different input from the student body to really make it their own and make it feel like a place where they feel really inspired and and connected to eat at.
By now, Sweetgreen's rise to becoming a food service darling, one valued at $1.6 billion, is well documented. Founded by Rue, Jonathan Neiman, and Nicholas Jamet in 2007, just after they'd graduated from Georgetown University, Sweetgreen has used premium salads and a tech-forward experience to create a massively popular lifestyle brand with more than 100 locations across the U.S. Less documented, however, may be the company's sustainability and philanthropy initiatives. Even from day one when we started in D.C., it was always, you know, how do, how do we figure out how to leave communities better than we found them and how do we make sure that the things that we do, um, whether it's selling food or, <clears throat> you know, throwing music festivals or connecting with uh, culture, it, it ladders up to that mission. And, um, and we, you know, outside of, outside of kind of helping the, the next generation kind of learn about healthy food, we're, we think it's just important as a company to, to make sure that our mission and everything that we do ladders up to that. And so this kind of is in that, in that sweet spot and something that we're also as founders really passionate about. So passionate about it, in fact, that the company brought on a senior team member who ensures Sweetgreen is putting its money where its mouth is. Kirby Bumpus started as Sweetgreen's head of social impact and inclusion in 2018. A veteran of former First Lady Michelle Obama's Let's Move initiative, Bumpus is now in charge of Sweetgreen's legacy beyond the four walls of its restaurants. We think about how do we go beyond our restaurant and beyond our customer to touch those communities that we want to have the greatest impact on. So, you know, we do, do work around food access, food education, um, and really, you know, just thinking differently about um, the food system. Sweetgreen has worked to better its social impact outside schools, too. It partnered with the Los Angeles Food Policy Council's Healthy Neighborhood Market Network to transform a market in a food desert in South L.A., it installed compost services and pickup at all of its stores, diverting 60% of its waste from landfills and composting 75% of its food scraps. And it established the Sweet Green Family Fund, which provides emergency financial support for team members in need, using voluntary payroll deductions from other team members. But Bumpus says childhood education in particular is critical to the kind of change that Sweet Green hopes to impart. We want to change the way that people think about food and kids are the next generation of healthy eaters. And so for us, it's incredibly important to set them up for success, empower them, let them know that their voices are important, which is why student choice and voice and, you know, like a youth empowerment approach is such an important aspect of the program. Just about every restaurant company in America has some philanthropic effort or another that it's pledged to support. And there are countless organizations dedicated to children in particular. But childhood nutrition is a favorite cause among restaurant brands. One of the industry's most popular charitable partners is Share Our Strength Snow Kid Hungry, which boasts several restaurant partners that have raised millions of dollars to combat childhood hunger. Aside from advocacy, research, and policy, No Kid Hungry helps to provide access to school breakfasts, summer meals, and after-school meals for kids in need. So what is it about the restaurant industry and companies like Sweetgreen that make them uniquely qualified to fight childhood hunger and provide better access to healthy foods? Ellis from Food Course says the industry can offer far more than financial donations in striving to make a long-lasting impact. I think what's really different about the restaurant space is these are people who understand the daily challenge of really large-scale food service operations. And there is no more intimidating large-scale food service operation in the country than our, our school meal program. Uh, and figuring out how we approach school meals um, uh, you know, with with as much creativity and innovation and continued forward progress as possible, um, that's the kind of that opens the opportunity for a corporate partner like Sweetgreen to come to the table and say, um, 
how can I lend not only resourcing to this effort, but some of our creativity or expertise or what we see coming up in the, the trends of the way food is headed in our country. Back in the Mount Eagle cafeteria, Food Corps member Taylor Brinks walks from table to table administering the nonprofit's Tasty Challenge. This is an activity where students are served fruit or vegetable that's been prepared two ways, and then the kids are encouraged to give their feedback on their favorite one. On this particular day, the ingredient of choice is kohlrabi, a vegetable that's similar to cabbage, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. The kohlrabi is offered to the students both raw and cooked, then they're asked to vote via iPad on which of the two was their favorite. Do you like the vegetables? Yeah. Did you get the vegetables that she's handing out? Which one did you like more? I like both. You like both? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because I really wanted this one because it tastes the raw one because it tastes like broccoli. Did you like it? Yeah. I like yeah. The I like one. the cooked one. You like the cooked one? I like the one where it's cooked. Why? Was it because of like how it felt? Was it squishier? Yeah. Did they both taste pretty good though? Yeah. Bumpus says this kind of interactivity with elementary students makes learning more fun and memorable. Being able to bring tech and an iPad so that kids are not only interacting with food, but they feel like they're playing a game at the same time. Um, for us, that's you know just another uh, layer to the program. And you know, at our core, we are a salad company. We make a great salad, but we are also a very tech-focused and tech-forward um, company. So you know, for us, that was the right way to infuse tech into um, into real food and into this into this program. So I'd say that's been a massive learning for us. Bumpus drives home the point that students' participation in the Food Corps program is a lot like a Sweetgreen experience. Just as Sweetgreen guests are empowered to make their own decisions in building a salad or a bowl, Mount Eagle students are given what she calls choice and voice over their cafeteria experience. Of course, the Sweetgreen team isn't working with Food Corps because they think they can convert elementary students into Sweetgreen customers. That would be foolish. Bumpus says the company is measuring the success of this partnership by how it can take the learnings from this pilot program and turn them into an educational model that is scalable across the country. For now, it's baby steps. Sweet Green and Food Corps will expand the program from 15 schools to 50 next year. But Ellis does say there is some business sense to all of this. Restaurants have to consider the plight of school nutrition for the simple fact that the 30 million children eating in cafeterias today will turn into 30 million food service customers in the future. And improving the food system for them today will support an even better food system for them in the future, too. Restaurant partners have a real obligation to think critically about what is the role we want food to play in the lives of their customers and in the lives of the families they uh, interact with. And I would hope that um, anyone who thinks seriously about that question reaches a kind of holistic conclusion, which is like, we need a food system and therefore we need a restaurant chain that is thinking about sustainability and sourcing in a way that uh, our, our planet is going to be healthy for the long term. And that's thinking about the health of consumers and making sure that folks who are eating in those places day in and day out are going to live up to their full potential because they're going to feel good and they're going to be in good health. When it comes to childhood nutrition, Rue says that restaurants have two primary responsibilities. One is uh, for your restaurant, what, what medium is right? 
um, to kind of connect with with kids and and uh, and that next generation when it comes to your food. So I would call that more. What access are you providing them? Whether it's um, different packaging or a different kind of um, story around food. Um, at Sweet Green, we kind of believe that um, we really want students and, and kids to to be able to eat the things that their parents are eating um, and, and really try to not do too much different uh, to the ingredients and the recipes that we have because we believe that um, it's it should be the same food as the food that your parents are eating. Um, and, and at other restaurants, it's a little bit different. And I think that also there's also this kind of responsibility of restaurant companies to think about like the education behind it and the storytelling and finding ways to, you know, healthy food and supply chain and, and local sourcing and organics, it's very complicated and and there's a lot of nuance to it and having companies find ways to uh, make the complex simple when it comes to some of these kind of concepts and, and ideas and getting, and, and really like finding ways to make healthy eating cool. And that's, that's kind of what we're, we're focused on is how do we take these great products and recipes and ingredients and connect with students in a ways that connect with culture or lifestyle or whatever their passion points may be um, and, and make healthy eating, for lack of a better term, cool. Later that day in October, the class of kindergartners goes outside to take a look at the progress in their garden. The kids are mostly distracted by all the open space surrounding the gardens. Instincts kick in and they start to chase each other and scream. But more than a few cluster together with the food corps leader, Brinks, looking intently at some small tomatoes that have grown on their vines. At some point, a girl stands and shouts, I love karate. She means kohlrabi. Well, probably. For the students at Mount Eagle, at least that's a sign of progress. And who knows? Maybe it's a step in the right direction for the restaurant industry, too. This has been a Fast Forward feature. For more news and insights on the quick service and fast casual restaurant industries, visit qsrmagazine.com. Head to qsrmagazine.com slash podcast for the entire Fast Forward archive. <laughs>